Today on CityCast Boise, it's Friday and I've got our Hey Boise newsletter editor Blake Hunter with me to sort through the week's news. We're talking winter weather predictions, canceled city council elections, and the loss of a beloved community member and friend. Friday, September 29th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise is talking about. Hi, Blake. Happy Friday. Good morning, Emma. How's it going? Well, it's going pretty good, other than um, I, okay, it's been so gorgeous. This week, honestly, it's been so nice. And this like cooling down. I've been feeling it. I've been loving it. And then I just read this farmer's almanac thing that says we're in for possibly like another very snowy (laughs) snowmageddon-y type winter. And I'm just trying to like emotionally prepare myself for that. You know, like the darkness is enough. But the (laughs) snow, is it it really supposed to be like snowmageddon level? I don't know if it's going to be uh, the Farmer's Almanac says that the Northwest, which they're including us in, is in for a seasonably cold but very wet winter. And a couple, okay. you know, farmers, people like who have said, oh, well, they've been mostly correct. So right. that's what I'm hearing. But but <sighs> really what I'm basing this on is my beekeeper friends in Idaho have said that uh, and I don't know how true this is. This is just beekeeper lore, just so you know. But um, when the bees pack their honey in very tightly, so like in a, in a hive, you have those big right. box and then you have 10 frames. And typically they'll fill out those 10 frames with honey and brood. But if they start packing in honey very tight in the center, that supposedly means you're in for a rough winter. Like because mm. the bees are predicting for whatever reason, because they know everything apparently, uh, that that it's going to be very cold and very wet, and they're not going to be able to get out of the hive for uh, days many, at many a time months. or months, uh, even weeks and months. So wow. Um, so that's what the beekeepers <laughs> are saying: is we're in for a very snowy, snowy winter. And listen, I feel like I feel like we should be listening to the bees. I feel like they're probably <laughs> right, at least to <laughs> mentally prepare ourselves prepare ourselves for the worst. But yeah, I mean, I can I can deal with seasonably cold as long as it's not extra cold. Uh, you know, yeah. I can deal with the snow a little bit, I guess. I think that's fine. Even, I mean, I'll be honest, probably part of the reason I'm like, yeah, bring on another snowmageddon is because I was actually, uh, I was in Hawaii for that entire situation uh, mm. for work. Okay. <laughs> One of the right. few times I get to go somewhere cool for comedy context. instead of, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. So I'm like mentally preparing myself for something that I didn't even go through last time. Everybody else was sending me pictures and, and, and crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in Maui. So, yeah. Okay, that checks out. I understand the the full picture here now. Well, we are (laughs) supposed to have a pretty wet weekend, too. Like, we haven't, I mean, we had some, I think, gorgeous, like, late summer thunderstorms rolling through. Yeah. Um, But it's been very clear the last few weeks. It's been, like, really gorgeous. But it's pretty much supposed to rain all weekend. I mean, like, the chances are fairly low, but it's supposed to rain, like, every day. Um, So... Maybe we'll get a head start in preparation this weekend. Yeah, just just a nice rainy fall, which honestly sounds like emotionally where I'm at. I don't yeah, know about everybody else, great. but just I'm gonna ready. Just make soup. Yeah. yeah, just making soup. Yeah. Yeah, I sent you a picture. <laughs> I have to tell all the listeners too, but as everybody knows, I've been sick for like a month and a half now, um, and I haven't been able to eat a whole lot. I've had no appetite. Mm. And uh, yesterday I said, oh, I think I could finally eat some soup. 
Um, I feel like I could finally, because I've been literally living off like applesauce and crackers for a while. And um, my husband, who was so sweet, ran to Costco, bought every kind of soup that they have, came home with like so much soup. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, thank you. So I am souped up. I'm ready for this rainy weekend. That's for amazing. Sure. That was the cutest thing. That, that photo was so sweet. You were like, so I could maybe eat maybe like a can of soup. And he's like, how about eight? Pre-packaged large portions, <laughs> double portions because it's yeah. Costco, so there's two of every kind. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's and so he sweet. had also before that, I said when I said I wanted soup, he made stew and he brought me some yeah. while I was working, and I was like, oh, this is too hearty for me. Thank you. I can't eat this. So then he ran and got soup. Sweetest man. Wow. Sweetest man. Wow. Nobody tell him, but he's yeah. the sweetest man. Yeah. Um, well, you had something in the newsletter this week that I thought was really interesting and I'm a little confused about that the elections, the city council elections got canceled. Yes. So there's this weird. So in 2020, the Idaho legislature passed. Um, it's it's like an actual amendment It's um, to essentially cancel any local elections that there's no like competition in. So. Uh, Jimmy Halliburton and Lucy Willits of District 6 and District 1 in Boise City Council, respectively, um, are currently running unopposed. And, you know, they're, they're two incumbents. Um, and so the rest of the city council races are, like, still pretty up in the air. Like, there's the competition's building, but neither of them have any competition. And so uh, those races have been declared over. So it's it's kind of strange because, yeah, like, District 1 and District 6 voters now will go to the ballot uh, in early November or earlier if they're doing absentee or whatever. Um, and they just won't have a city council, um, like, you know, item on their ballot, uh, which is very strange. But, um, you know, it's not like they don't have the representation, I guess. I don't know. Like, there's a, a Boise Dev article um, about this, and both Willits and Halliburton kind of made a comment of, like, this is it's weird. This is a weird situation. And and this happened out in um, Meridian as well. Uh, John Overton there uh, is it was an appointee appointed to their city council and he has no uh, challengers either. So he, he's just a shoe in. So those races are like over. I don't really know why they weren't just like leave him on the ballot like yeah, that. I don't like it. I'm going to tell I you right either. now. I don't care I don't for either. it. Yeah. For one thing, because um, whenever my family has this tradition of whenever there's only one person on the ballot, uh, especially if we weren't obviously going to vote for that person anyway, we always write in my brother-in-law uh, <laughs> for yeah. every single one. I'm not going to say his names, but in his name, but we always write him in uh, in the off chance that like uh, enough of us do that he he would be great at anything. He's very talented. Very that smart, might work up very in ethical sal salmon. Man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, those are salmon <laughs> politics. Is yeah. just you write in your brother-in-law, whatever. No, but for reals though, like honestly, I it does kind of I don't like it. Yeah. It, to me, it feels like you sh still should have the write-in option just in case, like, yeah. you know, in case a month before something comes out and people are like, whoa, wait a minute here, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't care for it. Yeah. And it's it, it doesn't really make sense as like a cost saving measure because, you know, there are still ballots being sent out to those districts like they're still going to vote for the mayoral race. They're still going to vote for all of these other races going on. It's just that there will be less ink on the page. So, I, yeah, I don't yeah. really get it. I don't like it. And I'm one of the people who, uh, so like I'm in West Boise, Lucy Willits, uh, Councilperson Willits is my councilperson. And, right. uh, you know, I I really am disappointed for 
her and Jimmy, who are on very opposite sides of the political spectrum, that they didn't have anybody running against them. Because I I think that that kind of competition lets you know more about your candidate. You know, like I disagree with Lucy Willits on quite a few of the things she said recently, where she said she doesn't feel like the mayor should be focusing on the unhoused population so much. You know, she thinks in West Boise, people want her, her to focus specifically on like, parks and, you know, middle class problems, not not unhoused people problems. And whereas you and I have talked a lot about like those are still people in our community. That is still my neighborhood. Also, Mm -hmm. West Boise, very a lot of poverty over here, too. You know, yes, there's some swanky subdivisions, but there's also a lot of trailer parks and stuff. So uh, and a lot of people who are on the verge of being unhoused at any second. So I really do wish that somebody had run against both of them. I think that that competition is healthy and I'm and I'm bummed they didn't. And then to also just to be like, oh, well, you don't even have to campaign. You don't even really have to do anything. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm like, like who it. who does like it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, the, these council members also mentioned, like, I think it was Lucy Willis who mentioned, like, I don't really know if this is what the legislature intended, uh, but here we are. So this is the current situation. Um, but yeah, the competition thing is a good point. And like, we've talked about this with like the mayoral race of, you know, there are three candidates currently, um, but I... I wish but that the competition. <laughs> yeah, I wish that the competition was a little bit more stiff because yeah. we we need to like be tested a little bit more, and that's just not really happening. So it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the problem we would love to have is too many good candidates, too many yeah. people that you're like, I really had to do my research to understand the differences between these people. Yeah, I really, you know, I had to push myself. And, and, you know, push myself politically a little. But instead, it's kind of like, oh, well, I guess this yeah. is who we're stuck with for a while, good or bad, depending on how you feel. And it's not like we're, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I mean, Sir, like, Willits no, and Halle Burton have already served on the council and, you know, they have experience. And, you know, if you're going to have a shoe in candidate like this, I would much rather have it be someone who's already on the council and already has experience. But, like, what if literally no one else ran against just somebody who didn't have any experience, which obviously someone else would probably step in, I would hope. But who knows? Next election, this may turn out very differently because of this rule. Hopefully. And speaking of, you know, the the mayoral candidates as well, we just recently, um, both of us listened to the most recent episode of the Latino card, which, you know, features uh, the late host JJ Saldana. Um, and he, you know, interviewed the current two kind of front runners, mayoral candidates, uh, current mayor Lauren McLean and um, former police chief Mac Masterson. And yeah, we're, we're going to kind of talk about JJ today a little bit. I think that it, the outpouring of, of love has just been really amazing. And I, I really recommend not just for the education um, of this episode, but just to hear JJ's voice. I really recommend that people go and listen to this because you can really, I don't know, you can just really feel the love. Yeah, I don't know how... I mean, there was some tears in the beginning, but everybody yeah. got through that episode pretty amazingly. And the tribute in the beginning to JJ was uh, so moving. I agree. For people who don't know, JJ Saldana, uh, just, I mean, I, I struggled to write this little bio, honestly, because yeah. it's kind of like, how 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 do you distill a lifetime of service uh, down to, yeah. you know, four or five things that I can say very quickly, but... Very quickly, he worked for over two decades with the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs. He co-founded the Idaho Hispanic Youth Leadership Leadership Summit 
And he, which they have awarded like $14 million in college scholarships to Latino high school students all over Idaho. Mm. And he's the host of the Latino card, which is one of the best. Uh, one, it was a radio show, now a podcast, one of my favorites. One of the only things I honestly listen to. I love it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also served on the VOSA's uh, internship of Idaho's uh, Advisory Council, which um, helped get Latino reporters support and jobs and internships and stuff. So just did so much. But also, I want people to know, like, if you I feel like if you're like, I don't think I knew him. You did. OK, you did. You you did because like he was one of those people like whatever event I was at, JJ was there. I would yeah. even be like, are there six of you? How do you do this? How are you? I'm so tired how are you everywhere times 10 and also just so energetic? And I think it's one of the reasons, you know, it's it's interesting when someone passes, someone like JJ passes, who, you know, is a man full of so, so much humility. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> um, a person who had so much humility. And I think one of the interesting things about his passing is, learning all of the things he did because mm-hmm. he was the kind of person uh, if as a reporter if you were trying to get um a quote from him about his work he would pass you on to someone else he would be like oh you know who you should talk to about this and about them and he was always um you know people are joking about in his twitter bio it says i'll make you famous and that was because he literally was always pumping everybody else up i know yeah yeah and yeah. uh <laughs> man and it's it's honestly uh I knew I wouldn't get through this without crying, but um, he was just, he, I mean, he came on our podcast. He did a very fun brunch podcast with us. It was so fun. I mean, we laughed. I laughed so hard during that episode. He was so funny, so charming. Um, and, you know, just a, a huge loss, a huge loss for everybody. The, the honorary mayor of Boise. Um, I would recommend that people just like listen to the even just the first few minutes of this episode of, of of the Latino card episode, just because you get a really good look into his philosophy. And like you said, just how he approached things. And like I it's funny that you mentioned that, like passing someone off to like to, to talk to someone else, because that's the only conversation that I ever had in person. Like I only had one conversation ever with JJ in person and it was in 2019 and I was covering this like Latino organization that was doing like political activism at Boise State and it brought this group he essentially by himself like brought this group of students to the Capitol and um, I someone in this group is now like a very beloved friend of mine and um, he like sat her down in one of like the council rooms downstairs and was like okay you didn't ask for this, but you're going to uh, practice testimony in front of, in, like, in this empty committee committee room, <laughs> and um, was like, "This is how you turn on the mic. This is how you do it. I'm sure you have something to testify right now that you like care about. So just spitball something. Just like get get comfortable being in the room. And I think that that is such a and and she's in law school now. <laughs> like you know, like she didn't want to do that before. And um, I think that. I yeah, I only met him once, but that was his energy and like we talked on Twitter several times, but that was just his energy of in Idaho, I think a lot of people don't mean to uh close doors in like the political realm, but JJ was such the energy of constantly opening doors and anytime that you talk to him, it made you feel like there was possibility. Like there, you know, yeah, like he he was constantly creating possibilities. And I just like what a legacy to leave behind. And um, we'll read a couple of 
comments that po- people have posted on social media, but I just really hope that, um, yeah, we can just kind of all take take a couple notes out of his book. Yeah, I I hope even if you didn't know him, if you're listening to this, I hope that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. You can do this, Arnold. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you didn't know JJ, uh, I I really think that it's become sort of unpopular uh, to live a life of service like that. And I feel like every single person who met JJ thought they were his best friend. I mean, I I didn't yeah. know him. I did not know him as well as many, many people did. And I literally felt like, I mean, I, I felt he had this feeling like you could go to him with anything. Yeah. And over and over, we saw people say how they had helped him in these small, quiet um, and sometimes not so quiet ways that like he never bragged about. He didn't tell people. And it, it's so unfortunate that when someone passes, this is a lot of time. Like, I do not envy whoever's writing his obituary because it's going to have to just be like the entire statesman, I think, because it just seems like yeah. he's touched so many people. Well, I wanted to read a couple of these tributes, which touched me so much. Uh, Mia Maldonado, who has been on the show several times, um, she tweeted J.J. poured his heart and soul into these youth summits, which literally changed me and my brother's lives. Me and my brother were the only Latinos from North Idaho that came to the events back in 2016 and 2017. And he, J.J., personally made sure we got a chance to interview for scholarships. And she, if you, if you go through, you can read that whole thread, which is just mm-hmm. really, it's, so, yeah. it's amazing how much in, in one person's... <sighs> In one person's life, how much he changed one person. And then when you think that there are hundreds, maybe more, uh, people who he he touched their lives that much. Yeah. you got to read Rachel's because okay. I have to take a break. <laughs> yeah. And what Mia is talking about is, yeah, these, these youth summits that um, I think have only been held at Boise State. They may have been held somewhere else. But I remember going to Boise State and the energy that filled the student union building when those were happening, like it was so, there was such a positive vibration there. And like, even if you weren't in that community, you were feeling like this is some good stuff that's happening. Like this is some good work that's being done. Um, so Rachel Spacek, uh, who's also hosted the Latino card uh, and been on CityCast Boise several times, also uh, posted this. The thing about JJ was he made you feel important he made you feel like you belonged here. When I was lost, a little California girl in Idaho, he took me in and showed me that I belonged. He told me I mattered, that I was important, and what I had to say was worthy of being heard. That isn't something you can say about everyone. We are so wrapped up in ourselves and finding our place in the world. Someone who can say, your place, it is right here with me, with us, is a special person. He was one of the best men I've ever known. I miss you so much, amigo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, that, that line, your place, it's right here with me, with us. I want to say like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I am bawling right now. But, um, I want to say like, that is such a special gift for a person to have. Yeah. I mean, we saw the governor, the mayor, like all these people, um, putting out statements about JJ, every single news anchor, every reporter in town, um, I'm crying so hard I fogged up my glasses. <laughs> um, I just want to say that in a place like Idaho where, my gosh, politically huge divides, trenches, you know, marina trenches of divides yeah. politically, I I would always marvel. I would see JJ in these spaces where I would be like, 
he's I know he is not welcome in that yeah. room or or like on paper. You know yeah. what I mean? On paper, he is not welcome in that room. But it because of who he was, he could yeah. move through any space and he could bring people together for any reason, for the smallest thing. I mean, it, I, I just think that, Rachel, that obviously wrecked us. My gosh, yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I want to read one more which is by his Latino card co-host, Rebecca De Leon, who is um, just, I'm a huge fan of hers. We're a huge fan of her. She's so amazing. She, in Boise Dev, had this incredible quote that I, I mean, I just keep reading this over and over, talking about how much she missed him. And then she said that he was one of the most respected Latino leaders in the state. But he was more than that. He was a hope for kids trying to go to college. He was a hope for kids experiencing discrimination at school who didn't know who to turn to. He always stood up for what's right, and he wasn't afraid to stick his neck out for someone. He was a light for so many people wanting to learn about Boise, the Latino community, representation in media, and advocacy for the under for underrepresented people. And I just think that that is, you know, everybody kept quoting JJ over and over, saying he'd say, you can't be what you can't see. And I can't even finish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we personally know so many reporters um, who came up under his wing and have places in Boise's, um, you know, investigative reporter scene because of of internships he helped them get, of scholarships he helped them get, of jobs he helped them find, um, but also just in in telling them you have a place here, yeah. you know, helping them know that. Even if people didn't know JJ, um if you follow, like, I don't know, just like kind of politics and news in Boise, like, you have really felt his impact. And um, I, yeah, what just like what a loving legacy. And I think that part, a lot of it is just that he always had his eye on the work. Like, he was able to enter those spaces where he maybe wasn't as welcome on paper because he knew what he was there for. Like, he knew he always had his eye on the bigger picture um, and that is so admirable. And yeah, I mean, when you when you live like that, you really just live with so much love. And um, what a great gift. Well, um, I want people to know that there is a uh, memorial on Saturday at Boise State University. They are hosting a celebration of life for JJ Saldana at twelve thirty to two thirty in the Simplot Ballroom in the Student Union. There, um, we will. Uh, link to that in the show notes so people can find it. But um, I know sometimes when someone passes, maybe you'll think, oh, like you said, I only met him in person one time. Maybe you feel like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't go. I know I've gone to memorials or I haven't gone because I thought, well, I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be looky Louie. I don't want to be infringing on someone's grief if I'm not as, you know, it wasn't as close. I don't think that applies here to JJ. I think that if you knew him from Twitter, if you knew him from Instagram, if you uh, met him at Ignite one time, I think that you are welcome in that space and JJ would want you there. (laughs) And we have to go to break because (laughs) I have to have a hard sob for a minute. So uh, JJ, we love you and Boise... The whole state is is worse for not having you here. Yeah. Uh, this feels weird to segue into, but um, I 
number one, feel like we can't just leave people with us sobbing here. So I want to end on something a little lighter. But also, you know, like I said, JJ's whole thing was I will make you famous. And I remember telling him once that I was like, oh, I have a hard time like promoting myself. I always feel like really embarrassed. And he was like, do not do that. Don't do that. Like there Mm. are enough people who are going to ignore your stuff. Don't you ignore it too. Mm. So I thought it would be fun for us to talk about a couple of things like that we're excited about and what we're doing this weekend and, you know, just maybe something a little lighter to take us out of out of uh, this very sad moment. So yeah. um, what I'm doing this weekend, Blake, is I have some shows at Mad Swede and people you can sure come do. to them and we can laugh together and have a good time. And um, I have, yeah, I've got three comedy shows if you want to come and I will try to lighten your load and and we can all laugh together and 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 hug and and. Uh, hopefully will be very fun and I won't be mostly crying like this. So, yeah. Well, if you cry some, no one will hold it against you. Or at least also, if I you've will. seen my comedy, I probably will cry at one point. Okay, great. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the kind yeah. of comedy I do. It's yeah. a little, a little, a little too vulnerable, a little weepy. So that's I'm a cancer. Nice. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's my weekend plan. Is I'm I'm going. I haven't decided which of your shows that I'm going oh, to, but I'm yay. very excited oh. to see you. Um, I mean, I haven't seen you perform for quite a while now, so I'm I'm really excited. And, um, yeah, just for, like, a little cozy community vibe and laughing a little bit, uh, I think it's going to be really fun. How, yeah. how are you feeling as far as, like, preparation-wise? Well, I'm so I'm doing all new stuff. Um, I, Exciting. It's funny because I feel like Boise, I always am like, does Boise think I'm not that great at comedy? Because uh, I take, I start my new stuff here. I do, like, mm. very unpolished material here. Then I take it on the road. Then I record an album. I feel kind of bad for Boise because I'm always kind of like, hey, these are brand new and they're totally informed. <laughs> but eventually when they're on an album, they'll be great. So yeah. but uh, it's also kind of fun. I think a lot of people actually sort of enjoy being, being part of the process and totally and getting to hear things very raw and new. And I don't yeah. know why, but they do seem <laughs> to enjoy that here. So, no, I agree. And Mad Sweet, I feel like and this is the location downtown. Um, I feel like it is kind of a it has a bit of a workshop vibe. Uh, okay. in there like I, I don't know that's just how I think of it I've only been to like open mic nights there um, for readings and stuff and so I feel like it, it'll be a good it'll be a good place to just kind of like settle in and try some new stuff I've never performed great. there this is my first time there um, just because I don't perform in Boise a whole lot you know so but I think I think it'll be fun and it'll be nice to kind of shake the dust off and yeah. uh and yeah. I I, uh, I have a festival I'm headlining next week, which is part of the reason I was like, oh, shit, I better <laughs> practice my art yeah. Uh, yeah. a little bit. But um, but yeah, that'll be fun. So that is that where you're, you're going to enjoy the rain and come see me? Yeah, pretty much. I also I want to shout out. Hopefully I'll be able to talk about this more next week. But I want to shout out the the lit room, uh, which Emma, I'm not sure if you're familiar with. But no, so uh-uh. do you know the tiny little house that is across the street from the Garden City Push and Pour? The one that's just like surrounded by gravel. Yeah. So that is now home to The Lit Room, which is a small indie bookstore uh, that was started in Meridian by this. uh, It's mostly like a couple of people and one person in particular. Um, I didn't talk to them them about naming them before, so I won't yet. But um, they started the Boise Band Book Club after uh, Nampa, the Nampa School District started uh, banning some books a couple years or a year ago. Um, and so they've been doing stuff just kind of online and hosting little events like the Meridian Night Market uh, and stuff like that. And so they have their own little space open now that they kind of debuted oh, during Flipside last weekend. Um, 
And so I just want to shout them out. I'm a big fan of them. And uh, I'm going to my first ever book club this weekend there, which I'm very excited about. I've never been to a book club. I'm like, I don't know how prepared I'm supposed to be, but uh, it'll be fun. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And I'm a big, I'm just a big book girly. So it, I anytime it. I get to talk about books, I'm thrilled. So. Well, I have a book weekend, too, kind of coming up just because. So I do have these shows coming up, and I'm going to swing by. Absolutely not miss JJ's memorial. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, I'm going to swing by um, the Boise Comic Arts Festival is this oh, yeah, weekend right. yeah, yeah. at the zoo. And one of their keynote speakers is a friend of mine. Uh, we went to high school together, and he's an incredibly talented artist and writer. So I'm going to swing by that and go see all my favorite librarians. And so, yeah, it sounds like we're both having a a rainy little book weekend. That'll be so nice. How lovely. Wow. All right, Blake. Well, thank you for sobbing your way through this one with me. And um, JJ, we love you. And uh, Boise, we love you too. Yeah. Love you and have a good weekend, everyone. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Frankie Barnhill, Evelyn Avitia, Grant Irving, and me, Emma Arnold. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter, and our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. Bye! Bye!